Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everybody, on this episode of the GH Report, a lot of J-Sam drama. Uh, (laughs) We are divided here on the panel. I'm sure you and the audience are divided as well. We're going to get into why I'm right and Carla's wrong in just a moment. Let's do it. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. <laughs> I can't believe that's what your intro was. I'm not, no, I'm not even going to let you talk. I cannot even believe that's what your intro was. Look at that. Yep. I just uh, threw shade right in there. I was like, all right, this is my, uh, only, my only chance. Hey, everybody. <laughs> just stirring it up uh, early on the GH Report here. Welcome, everybody. As always, we would like to break down the past week's goings-on in Port Charles. One of your hosts, Frank Moran. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm the other host who's always right, Carla Renata. And you can find me across all social media platforms at The Curvy Critic. (laughs) And of course, folks, you can like us on Facebook, give us those five stars on iTunes, subscribe to the YouTube channel. And if you're there, give it a thumbs up and feel free to hop in the chat. We'd love to have the chat up and running and hear what you have to think and say about this PAX Week's going on in in Port Charles or just anything General Hospital related. All right, so let's just get right into it. Do it. This week's episodes, I feel like after all the drama and in, after after all the drama and intrigue that happened over the holidays, this week was like, wah, 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 wah. don't you think? Yeah, a little bit? I mean, I guess we had some secrets revealed. Uh, just dragging out, man. I feel- but it was like it's not like anything we didn't see coming. Um, you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, well, I guess the first revelation that we found out was that Nina was the one that uh, stuck uh, Cassandra. Cassandra again. Like we didn't see that coming. But I think I think the other thing that bugs me too is the same thing that would happen with Sam when she shot Sonny, and she is having all those brain issues mm-hmm. where it's like she was not in her right mind at the moment. Mm-hmm. So uh, why not just confess to the police? And everybody's like, "No, Sam, don't do it." And the same thing with Nina. It's like you. It, this was self defense. She attacked you with this needle, but. Nina has a history. She has a history of assault, and if if and you know if they had brought it up, they could slap her back in the loony bin. Even she said that. Yeah, but I think that's one thing against like uh, somebody that's working at Kelly's, and she goes crazy and does that to them. But this is a this is somebody that was wanted by the authorities, by the WSB and FBI, and is a known drug runner. I get it, but they would have they would have to prove they would have to prove that her life was at danger. You know what I mean? Because nobody saw the assault between her and Cassandra. There was nobody there to actually witness it. So somebody would have to prove that Cassandra was actually threatening Nina's life for her not to be a psychopath and just be stabbing her in the heart. But I think you'd have to prove it beyond a reasonable doubt. And you've got Finn already been has, has had drugs blown in his face. So even though he can't vouch to what happened, but at least he can say that. Now, Cassandra is, uh, I mean, she was threatening to uh, stab Anna with his injection. Oh, we've got Anna and uh, Valentin that can validate that they were kidnapped. But you know how they do on the soaps. You know what I mean? It, oh. it, it, it would have been a whole thing. So there's that. So let's just, and let's just hop over from that to the thing that y'all called me out. So y'all called me out on Twitter. I know these comments were especially for me because I love Jason and Sam, where y'all went in about the theme song being played during their divorce. <laughs> I love I it. was so upset when I read that. I was like, oh, they're coming for me on Twitter over the theme song. I'm very verklempt and very upset. But wait, <laughs> but then this made me laugh. So during that whole... Um, scenario where they're trying to sign the papers and Alexis and uh, what's her face is saying whatever oh, Diane no. saying whatever they got to say. Why are there gilded funeral lilies sitting on the table? <laughs> Did you catch that? Did you catch that there were funeral flowers sitting on the table? Because we're seeing a death of uh, oh, a death I of was a like, life. you know what, General Hospital, y'all are already stabbing me in the heart by getting rid of Sam and Jason. Really, you got to put flower for, uh, flower funerals. I mean, funeral flowers on the table. I couldn't handle it. I was so upset. You know, and I've said before. 
Zen, uh, Zen Gotti, I absolutely loves Jason and Sam. Me too, Zen Gotti. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, I, but Miss Yaki was like, "It's time to retire that song. It's never time to retire the song is. if we're not retiring the couple." And we all know that this is not the end of Sam and Jason. I.e., the point in which they told her that she needed to have Steve. Steve. <laughs> she needed to have Jason be out of Danny's life altogether, and she was like, "No, I will never do that to him." So that right there is like leaving a little crack of a door open for Jason to like make his way back. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, let it let it go. I the more they keep playing these flashbacks of Jason and Sam, and the more we just get to see this just uh, Jason just sacrificing everything, and then Sam like during that whole arbitration, she was so silent until it got to the like very end of the Danny part, but she was just all quiet. Like, but she was looking at Jason. They were kind of looking at each other. I just, oh, I'm, what can I, but this is the thing that I love, that when she, she railed on Alexis about even bringing up keeping him, keeping Jason away from um, Danny, and when she said that, this is what she said about, this is what she said about Jason, and this is why she will never, ever, ever be over Jason. She said that, brave, that Jason was brave, generous, and loves without holding back. Who says that about somebody that they trying to get out of their life? Nobody. I'm just saying. I don't know if she's necessarily trying to get him out of her life because she's never going to get him out of her life, regardless of if they ever reunited, because they do have a child together. So you're never trying, you're never going to get rid of him entirely. But They get you, back together. I just know they are. I'm going to keep hope alive. <laughs> Carla, I am sure you want to, I mean, you know, you're, that there are people that you like, I, I would love to be with this person, but I just know that's bad for me. I got to move on and I got to do something better. Even though, man... The, the, it's like eating like uh, like chocolate chip pancakes. Oh, so good, but they're not great for you. But they're so good. They are so good. good. Why you gotta bring up chocolate chip pancakes? <laughs> I'm hungry. Okay, so then let's flop over to. Um, I want to talk about that scene with Carly and Jocelyn. Let me just say kudos to the GH writers for writing a scene about a mom dealing with a teenage kid that didn't end in some like crazy convoluted way. I love the fact that she met her halfway as far as that little dress was concerned. And they had that nice little scene where she was like, look in the mirror and tell me what you see. I love the fact that she approached her daughter that way as opposed to just going, you can't wear that dress, do what I say, and that's it. Like she found a way psychologically to to let her know, this is not cool to wear this dress. Personally, I didn't see nothing wrong with the dress. She looked cute in the little dress to me, but I'm not a mama, so there's that. <laughs> no, you know, I, I that scene really kicked into me for, for that moment they described, where she takes Jocelyn and has her look in the mirror and describes what she sees. Up until then, I was like a little, oh, man, is it just going to be like the typical cliche, the mom trying to control, she's afraid of her baby girl growing up, and she's going to try to control it as long as possible. When she had her wearing that dress that was just like... Mm. It was like a schmada. She did look like a sister <laughs> yeah. wife. When she said, I look like a sister wife, I was like, yes, Jocelyn, you do look like a sister wife. You need to get out of that dress pronto. And, and that black dress, like I was like, eh, maybe not. But that red dress that she had on earlier in the week, I was like, uh, that, I thought that was better than the, the black one that she ended up with. Like, in terms I like of, the black one. Uh, like, that she could wear that out in public and not seem like it was too... like Too sexy. Yeah. Yeah. I like I like the black one just because it was this is for the the dance formal at their their school right so for something like that I thought I like the black dress better but I kind of saw where Carly was coming from because it's a, it is a very sexy dress because it's very sparkly there are some kids that because she's a pretty girl and she's probably a popular girl they will come for her and not every kid handles that type of bullying in the same way like some of them handle it very badly. And some of them handle it really well. It just kind of depends. But I love the fact that she nipped it in the bud before it even got to that place. I love the fact that she had that conversation with her daughter before it even got to that place. Because that whole bullying thing, that's real. I got bullied. Very true. No, it is very true. It's and I, real. So. And I did like her not telling Jocelyn, but if she felt like if Jocelyn felt that she was 100% ready to handle any flack that she'd get from that, then she'd, uh, then she'd go back ahead. her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, no, that was I, I thought that was a really nice approach to that. What I thought was going to be a very cliche interaction between her mother and daughter. Yeah, Kelly said that she that Carly probably saw karma for the way she acted because, honey, Carly, ooh, Carly was like up three hundred and sixty degrees all the time. She always had shenanigans. She was always dressing inappropriately because when she came to Port Charles, 
I'm not, I don't remember if she was a teenager or if she was a young woman. I'm kind of fuzzy on that. But I know she was young when she came to Port Charles, and she was just crazy. Oh, she yes. acted out with Tony and her mother. It was just a lot going on. She came in with the chip on her shoulder. She did. She she came in both barrels blazing. But again, uh, it's like I, I know that we're all, everybody says like uh, Nell is you know just like a chip off the old block. Yeah, but I felt like Carly at least had some rational reason. Nell, ugh, that whole story. Yeah, I right. can't okay. with Nell. No. And then um, Kelly also said that she got the vibe that the scenes were for what's going on in the entertainment industry right now. You know what? That's a good point because every day is somebody different. Every day is somebody different that's being that has. Um, Accusations being thrown at them, or um, or truths, depending on who it is. Um, did you hear about the one with Aziz Ansari? I did, yeah. So that was that was very interesting. So for our viewers that are watching it, Aziz Ansari, I think he he created that. That's the one that created Master of None. Yes. Yes. Okay. So he somebody that he dated briefly after he won an Emmy last year. Um, they went out on a date and. I guess things got to a certain point, and he assumed that, you know, it was a natural assumption to go someplace further, and she kind of jumped in an Uber and texted him afterwards and was like, you know what, that wasn't okay, I didn't appreciate that, that made me uncomfortable. To his credit, he texted her back and was like, you know, my bad for assuming that it, that it was okay, I'm so sorry. Like, immediately they nipped it in the bud, which is why, I'm like, why are we talking about it now? If y'all handled it and nipped it in the bud, why are we talking about it? So, yes, Kelly, they and now James Franco, yeah. You know, if they nipped it in the bud and they amicably agreed that it was not okay, that he was wrong, she called him out, and they, they nipped it in the bud, let's not talk about it. Why do we need to bring it up? But this is why we need to bring it up. Because there are some guys out there that do the right thing. Yeah. No, that's you true. know, there are some guys out there that realize they're wrong, and they admit that they're wrong, and they go on about their business. And Aziz is one of those people, so kudos to him for that. Yeah, uh, so we do have the, uh, as that scene between Carly and Jocelyn continues. So we have Oscar yes. coming over, and I do like the scene with, just with uh, Carly and Oscar. It's like, uh, are you going to be wearing a suit? Oh, I thought I was just going to wear a nice pair of jeans. She's Oscar like, won me over like that with that, because that'd be my same thing. Like, I just wear a nice pair of jeans. At home. No, boo, no, yeah. not with yeah. the jeans. Yeah. But how about, how about when him and Jocelyn <laughs> got into it, and she was like, she was like, she had this attitude like, you going to ask me to the dance, right? And he said nothing. And she was kind of like, okay, you need to get out. She was like, get out. Like, go away. And then he comes back in a little mad hat or outfit. That was annoying. That was so cute. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah. was priceless. Come on, Frank. That I, was cute. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to figure out how I feel about Oscar. Because parts of me are like, all right, I kind of like him. But then he's also kind of a, a knucklehead at, at times. And some of his... That he'll come into a scene kind of, I don't want to say negative, but just kind of closed off a lot of the time. I can understand that. I mean, this is this is a kid who's come to a new town with his mother who just found out that he's also in the, in the same town with his father who's never been around. His father who's married to somebody else who's trying to latch on to somebody else's kids. Like, that's a lot to process. So I can understand why whenever you see him, he's always looking a little suspect, like he doesn't quite know what's going on? Because he doesn't quite know what's going on. He doesn't know how anybody's going to accept him at any given moment. And then there's the whole Quartermain thing, because now he's a Quartermain, so then he had all of that thrown up in his face. That's a lot for a young person to handle all at one time. You got a new daddy, you're a Quartermain, the one family in the town that has all the money. Oh, guess what? You're a part of that family, too. It's like, oh, really? So I got money and a daddy? What am I going to do with that? That's a lot. Well, we did see a little bit about what he was going to do with it, is that uh, he I decided to get some boxing lessons from Drew. And and that was priceless. That little scene with them, that was cute, too. Where he was like, hit me. He's like, I don't want to hurt you. I was like, child, you better knock him out. It's mo- <laughs> You better knock him out and see what you can do, <laughs> as opposed to doing like this and not having any idea. I don't know. There's moments like that where I really like this. I like seeing Billy Miller's interpretation of, Drew, uh, mm-hmm. I feel like this is where I feel like all right, I can see him coming alive, and 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 you can see the differences between mm-hmm. him and Jason Morgan. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. I did like that a lot, and then I I liked how they were using that as a moment to bond as like father and son. That was a that was a really nice moment. Let's talk about let's talk about uh, oh well, let me backtrack and let's talk about Sam calling out Alexis 
for using her and her life as a distraction for Alexis trying to not give in to whatever it is she's feeling about Julian. This is this is going on so <laughs> it's way dragging too long. out, isn't it? Well, and the they're killing me. We just get like just the off-screen just killing of uh, the the potential relationship between Alexis and the Doctor, like. That was it. Like when she says, "Oh yeah, it just it wasn't." They working. killed that quick, didn't they? I'm like, why? Why would you? Come on, because the one thing I will say is, uh, the only way you can do something new with Julian is what they started doing uh, this week. Is they had him interacting with Kim. With Kim, because you I need love somebody... that. But there's chemistry with them. True, but you need like that person that does, has new to town, knows nothing of the playing field, and that's how you can have Julian interact with the, uh, another person. Because anybody else in that town is going to be like, "You're a jerk. You're a punk. You're a potential killer. You're a mob right. boss." But so, we, we don't know all of Kim's dirty laundry either. Because no, I, I get the feeling she ain't as innocent as she's claiming to be. Uh, and soaps, who is? Exactly. There's always some deep, dark secret that somebody's always exactly. got. Uh, exactly. <laughs> but I did like uh, that scene. I, I'd rather, <laughs> I would rather just, let's let's be have Alexis be with the doctor. And let's just have Julian have some time with this Kim and just... Let's get that more invested with that. And I think that, you know, because Alexis is still a, a Cassidyne, and Cassidines are crazy. So I think maybe the writers might be going for a place where that Cassidyne side of her pops out, yeah. and, she, and her lawyer um, license is in jeopardy again. Or maybe, you know, she has a throwback to drinking because she, maybe she does something to Kim. I don't know. I'm spitballing. I don't know. But what I'm saying is that... There's going to be some kind of conflict there with the three of them eventually, and I can't wait to see what it is. I'm like know. Hercules, Hercules. Ugh. Yeah, but it's, you're never going to get me excited about a, a Julian Alexis reunion if they don't have some time away from each other. They're not going to have a reunion. That's just what I'm saying. It's going to be because he's going to hook. I think he's going to hook up with Dr. Kim, which is great. He's going to hook up with Dr. Kim, and that's going to make Alexis feel some kind of way, and it's going to make her act out some kind of way. She's going to act stupid because she can't help it. She always acts stupid. But it just means that it's going to lead to them probably at least. Hooking up again or something. I don't know what's whatever. Don't, uh. Speaking of hooking up, why is it that Anna and Finn? I feel like their relationship can just never get started because it's always interrupted by something. I feel like General Hospital specializes in this, like just the <laughs> the coitus interruptus of a of a relationship. You know what I'm saying? It's it gets annoying because like a little bit of it's fine because you want to build that kind of romantic tension between a, uh, two people, but then I feel like they they go always go one step too far, and you're like. Why are we why are we doing this now? Why don't we just let them kind of let this develop? I really thought this week they were going to have their moment and then she was like she looked at the clock, oh, got to go. I'm like for real though? I can't. I was so annoyed by that. And then she came back and he's like, "We're going me and Roxy are going back where we belong." I'm like, "Seriously, Finn, you going to punk out like that?" No. I was so mad at him. I'm like, "You could at least wait. You, he could have at least waited for a sister to come back so he could tell her to her to her face. He punked out by writing her a note." I'm like, "Oh, that." And I think um Jordan kind of messed with his head a little bit when she came over and said what she said, you know. But like I don't understand why Jordan needed to say that at all. Like just, she didn't. What? She was putting her nose where it did not belong. Like, she, because up, her Jordan. because her stuff is raggedy and in jeopardy. She wants everybody else to be miserable too. Oh, come on, Jordan. I think Jordan, uh, uh, Jordan and Curtis are, are in lockstep right now. They're good. I'm just saying. But I just I also feel like that's like why are you going to compare your life to this person? That's not the at this moment. You, come on, Jordan. Why are you even saying this stuff? Because she's a hater. <laughs> oh yeah, you, oh. she's a hater. And let's talk about the fact that. <laughs> The two people in town who were known for being skeezers, Carly and Olivia, have now teamed up to try to take down Nell. That makes me happy. <laughs> that makes I wanted to turn cartwheels when I saw that conversation. Yeah, it's uh, anything to kind of move Nell along. <laughs> well, just yeah, she's kind of at a standstill right now, too. It's kind of like they quite don't know what to do with her. Yeah, it's uh oh, oh Susan Moore. Oh, I forgot about her. Oh yeah. Uh, don't let don't let, don't let Kim turn into Susan Moore two Remember her? Yes, I do remember her. Jason and Drew's mom. Yeah, she was a piece of work. That one. Yeah. Ooh. The uh, so you know we've got the whole uh, Finn and uh, and Anna thing. So Anna decides like she sees that broken clock. Gives you know what I got to go. I, I I figure out like this something's wrong. I'm gonna go to Valentine. And I felt like that was just like. It was just for our benefit to be able to show that Nina was the true culprit behind it all. But then Anna's not doing anything with that information. She goes, well, all right, I figured it out. I'm not going to do anything. So, like, great. So then we just had this scene 
I feel like something eventually is going to pop off with Anna and Valentina, and that's going to make Nina snap. I don't know. I mean, because, like, the whole Sonny and Sam and Sam never saying anything about the shooting with Mm -hmm. Sonny, that never went anywhere. And that's just pretty much just swept under the rug. (laughs) So I'm imagining the same thing's going to happen with Nina and what happened with uh, Cassandra. I'm like, well, then great. Yeah, well, they kind of have swept it under the rug already because there's not been a – there's nobody's in jail except for the the bodyguard who basically said, you know, what he said. And then, um, yeah, I just feel like they're not – Usually when it's going to be a big thing around somebody dying on the soap, it's usually a whole trial, people in jail, people are visiting the person in jail. Like, there's this whole process that takes place, and that's none of that is going on with yeah. Cassandra because nobody cares that she's dead. <laughs> oh, well, she's not dead. She's just in a coma. And who she knows gonna, what will happen She's going to die eventually. You know she is. And we do get uh, that Valentin at least got the computer from Cassandra's room, so he's able to delete the photo of Claudette. Yeah, I was like... I don't know how I felt about that either. Miss Jackie says she thinks Jordan's still bitter over Andre and Anna. I think so too. Yeah, but all they, all they did is they shared a kiss. That was it, and they agreed to be friends. So you and I both know that sometimes there's a kiss, and sometimes there's a kiss. There, that that is a relationship <laughs> that should have been a lot of kisses, but <laughs> for whatever reason, the writers chose to only tease us with it and never fully pursue it, which is always frustrating. That's true. That's true. That's true. Uh, <laughs> But do, do you feel like now? Because I feel like let's just get Anna and Finn together now. Like, what do you want to see? Delay? Do you first? Do you want to see them together? I do want to see them together because I think it would be hysterical. Because the two of them together, they have chemistry, and when they do have scenes, it's actually quite funny. Like the scene they had this week where he told her she had that Emma Peel thing happening when she laughed. That made me laugh out loud because that was like that throwback to the, what's the, what was that show, The Avengers? Yeah. It was a throwback to The Avengers. That made me laugh out loud. And then I thought, oh, they have GH staff writers. Some of them are middle-aged and some of them are young. That's why we get kind of get both sides of the coin. <laughs> and I kind of love that. So applaud to you, GH writers. I love that. I love that he said that and she kind of laughed because she's British and She's got dark hair, and yeah, so there was that, and it made me laugh. So please, let's. I laugh out loud all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I I watch GH, and I laugh out loud all the time because it's more like a sitcom sometimes to me than a soap opera. (laughs) 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 It just makes me holler. Oh, oh, let me uh, uh, go back just a little bit with the Jocelyn and Carly thing. I love when she said to her um, when she was talking about that scene, that scene that that we were talking about that I really like. When she said to Jocelyn, she says that. you have to have quite a few life experiences under your belt to handle the mud that's being thrown at you. I loved that analogy of mud being thrown at you and knowing how to either wipe it off or wash it off. Yeah. You know what I mean? To handle that whole bullying thing. So I just, I didn't want us to go completely away from that conversation without acknowledging that. No, it's, uh, yeah. Carly used in the right ways can be a great person to have in your corner, for sure. But if she is not, ooh, honey. Oh, no, 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 yeah. If she's not, or... You don't want to be on the other end of that wrath. It is not lovely. Well, there's a great thing to be able to... You have to kind of... It's a fine line with Carly. You want her to have her... You want her in your corner, but you don't want her meddling uh, uh, around you. Trying to, like, take matters into her own hands and solve a problem for you. It's Carly's nature, but that's Carly's nature. Carly is always going to meddle, and Carly's always going to think she's not meddling, but she is. And sometimes she's very well aware of the fact that she's meddling and she doesn't care. But that's just her M.O., and that's why we love her, because she's messy. We love her because she's messy. I don't know if we. I don't know if I love that part. We we love her because she's messy. She's messy, and we love her for it. But I'm gonna need for them to do something with Sonny sometime soon because he's too he too laying in the cut for me right now. He's just kind of chillaxing, laying in the cut, being you know he, he's reminding me of like you know Don Corleone and Godfather Three right now. I'm gonna need them to fluff him up a little bit more. What? Well, so <laughs> we do have that scene where Julian brings uh, in uh, Dante. So mm-hmm. I get a brick thrown through my window mm-hmm. uh, I think it could be your dad it could be Sonny doing this and then Sonny shows up later with a briefcase which inside he has those little placards for uh, a proud uh, distributor of Corinthos coffees mm-hmm. like, uh, and so it's like guess what Julian you're not going to be selling coffee my coffee at your place <laughs> no that was just like I can't even but Sonny why get around with that briefcase it looks so silly like, <laughs> first of all when have we ever seen Sonny with a briefcase in his hand never that. Never. <laughs> he never. When Whenever you see Sonny go to any kind of meeting, all he has is a cell phone. He don't have no briefcase. He don't have no folder. He has nothing in his hand. You know, he probably went and I, well, I probably sent Max or Milo to go to like, go to, uh, you know, 
Like a really high end. He is giving uh, me Godfather. Center. He's giving me. He's giving me <laughs> Michael Corleone, Godfather Three. The next scene I want to see him in is in the chair with the dog and him falling out. Like I'm. We need with to fluff the, him with up. The orange wedges in his mouth. We need. Oh. We need. No, that was a. Uh, that was Marlon Brando. Oh, yeah. I'm talking about. I'm talking about uh, Al Pacino oh, yeah. in the ve- the very last scene. Child, I'm a Godfather freak. So in the very last scene of the Last Godfather. Michael Corleone is sitting in this chair. He has no family. He has no friends. He's sitting, he's back in Italy, and he's sitting in his chair, and he has a heart attack or whatever. He dies. His hand drops. Whatever was in his hand falls out, and there's this little dog. And the dog is like an analogy because Italians have this thing like, you know, I forget how you say it in Italian, but it's basically like you die like a dog. Right, so the dog, the fact that this dog is kind of circling him while he's in that chair is like him dying like a dog by himself. Because when dogs get sick, they're known to go off by themselves or go off somewhere because they don't want anybody to see them dying. But that's how they're kind of they're doing Sunny like that. They kind of have Sunny just kind of hanging out in the cut. I'm just like, fluff him up, let him do something, let him say something, let something happen. You didn't brought Jason back. You can't bring Jason back and then have Sunny laying in the cut. That's not working for me. Well, I, I don't feel like it's he's, he's he's involved. He's working with Spinelli and Jason trying to figure out. But he's who, sitting behind the desk. He ain't. Really, he's just sitting behind the desk like a businessman going, duh, duh, duh. I'm like, no, nah, I'm gonna need. Back in the day, Sonny was hardcore. Sonny, Sonny would go there. Now they got Sonny kind of just chilling out. They got him punking out. I ain't having it. Well, I mean, he, he went all the way to the, the hot new club bar in town, Julian's restaurant, to uh, confront everybody about who uh, Nathan's true father was. So he was, he was out and about for that. Yeah, they did that for two seconds, and then he <laughs> yeah. left. Come on. He showed up in the door, and they were like, okay, I think we should leave. And then they left. I'm like, I can't. Sonny <laughs> thinks he owns every business in Port Charles. Not, No, he don't. He doesn't. Uh, you know, he's, he's close. He's close. <laughs> he's a coffee importer, guys. I mean, you, you, coffee's at pretty much everywhere. Every place has got coffee involved in it. So. <laughs> <laughs> you got jokes. Um, and I... And I, I let, let me let me ask you this: Who do you think PK Sinclair is? Well, it seems like everybody there in the chat, and in the way it seems like it's certainly for sure this week came together that it's good old Peter August. The uh, that's who I think it COO. is. COO because he's a little shady. Every time he comes into a scene, it's just shady, just shady aura coming with him and leaving. Every time he comes and goes. Yeah, it's uh, his scenes. His scene with Nina was really interesting. Like, here's your new operating budget. Yeah, like, I was like, "What uh, was that?" Why did he come in? And then so she angry? Put, and then she took it and put it in the trash can in front <laughs> yes. of his face. You know, I was like, and he went that that killed me because she put it she put it in the trash can in front of his face and he said nothing. Like this is a very confrontational person. She just took your budget and put it in the trash and you ain't got nothing to say. That I was weird. But I also don't know why he came in so hot about it too. It's like. We were, I felt like we were missing a scene where they were kind of butting heads about a budget. Yeah, that was already. weird. That was a weird <laughs> scene. So... I was just like, and he was, he was like, rrr, 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 and, and she was like, here you go. Now what? <laughs> I was like, okay, well then there's that. Well, so know. that leads to the whole about the the, the Nathan uh, uh, Lulu, uh, let's write about you being the, uh, the son of uh, yeah. Faison article. I thought that was stupid for him to go to her. Like, why would you do that? The fact that it went that far, and at now, any point did he say, you know what, maybe I should bring Maxie in the loop on this before I even do it. Until afterwards, and then I was like, whoops, I made a mistake. Like, Maxie about to lose her mind. They're going to fool around and make Maxie lose that baby. Because she, she goes in, and she goes in hard. And you know the next thing that's going to happen is her and Lulu are going to have it out. Because she's like... She was like, why would you go? She said to Nathan, why would you even go to her with that? And why would she do that to me? Because, you know, Maxie makes everything about her. It ain't always about you, but she makes it all about her. So now she's like, why would my friend do that to me? And then she's like, and why would my husband do that to me? You know, I'm cheering your child. Yeah, it's like, oh, y'all are killing me. It's way too much drama going on. True. Well, I, certainly for Lulu, I feel like regardless, like this is, this is Lulu doing something for herself. Yeah, Lulu. It's not like trying to help. Uh, she, there's, uh, she can't try to spin it that she's helping out no. Maxie uh, and Nathan. Like, no. No, no, no. This is her about wanting to make sure she Make gets, a name for herself yep. in the paper. She is all about trying to make sure that she is like this, you know, award-winning reporter. Like, she's, she is power-hungry about this writing thing. And Peter August is making her seem like, you know... <laughs> She's like an, uh, a reporter at the Washington Post or something. He's killing me. It's my, oh, this is great. I write all the time. I don't know any editor that's going to look at your stuff one time and go, oh, this is great. Let's publish it. No. 
<laughs> no, that does not happen in real life. I was like, oh. It's not, yeah, so your editor doesn't read to like, uh, Carl, no, this is very my incendiary. Editor, no, my editors look at my stuff, and I have to rewrite that bad boy four or five times before they send it back. And I'm not the only one that they do it to, so there's that. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, what was also uh, crazy about that is that I don't understand Lulu's thought process on this. So she helps Nathan write this article, and so she's imagining that uh, phase, uh, Cesar Faison is going to be somewhere in the world reading this article that's going to get picked up in various media outlets. It comes across his computer or his desk or something, and he reads it, and he's going to be irritated, but he's going to also say, you know what, I should also contact this writer and give him my side of the story. No, he's not going to... No, I don't, think, I don't think she thought that was going to happen. They, I think their, their plan was to flush him out because he's, his, his MO in the past has been that if anybody in Port Charles did something... To call, to to bring it, if if someone in Port Charles did or said anything that was gonna bring it to his attention, bring whatever it is that they're doing to his attention, he would just show up. True, he but- would just he would just automatically just show up in town. So they, I think they were trying to use that as an impetus to just draw him out and bring him in town because uh, Liesel said that he didn't know he had a son. True, but Lulu wants it because she believes that Fazar is, uh, Faison is going to sit down and do an interview with her. Oh, no, that's, that's not going to happen. That's what Peter August wants, and that's, oh, that's what she, her initial premise was. So I, but Faison if, is not reading that and going like, yep, I'm going to sit down with the daughter of one of my most hated enemies and but, just have an interview. But if Peter August is the other son, then we know that's not going to happen. And, and, that, and so that brings into play what is Peter's real impetus for being there if he is Faison's other son. Like what is what is his what is his uh MO for wanting to get that close to Lulu? Is it because Lulu's close to Maxie and Maxie's married to Nathan and he knows that Nathan is the other kid? Like we don't know. Well, I could also feel that uh Lulu being the daughter of Luke Spencer, that's yeah, that also too. you put her on the the hunt for Faison, that's gonna be an irresistible bait to draw Faison out to try to get his hands. And maybe he'll come back for Lulu. Lulu. Maybe he'll come and get her because, you know, and maybe that'll be, you know, an impetus to bring uh Anthony Geary back for like a couple of episodes oh, or yeah, something. But we're never gonna get him back. <laughs> Uh, I'm just gonna put that out there. I love him. <laughs> I know he's not coming back, but I just like putting it out there. But you know what I could also see is that a, since they basically extrapolated, uh, uh, Spinelli's able to extrapolate that article, where it feels like uh, that character in the book, P.J. Sinclair, wants to take over uh, his father, or at least like it's a revenge tale against the father, like a uh, son seeking payback. Whether the son wants to take over for the father and eliminate him, maybe that's it. Or the son views himself as a hero and he's trying to get rid of this terrible man. I don't know. I just I want to see how it's all. I just want to see. I want to find out who Peter is. Liesel's not Peter's mother, so Peter's mother is somebody else, right? No, I mean they did throw out that one. Uh, Anna threw out that name, and I mean, like as she said, uh, the son like. That was so awkward. Like, you should just leave it alone. Leave it alone. Yeah. Uh, I don't was, know what happened to her. I have forgotten about that scene. That's how much it meant to me. But so. I, like, at least Sonny was like, she knows more than she's saying. Like, yeah, you, you don't think so? Like, for being a spy, Anna is sometimes terrible with I a know, poker face. I know. Terrell Bellinger said that um, Sonny hasn't been the same since Morgan died and how they didn't really give Morgan a pop, proper funeral. No, they kind of they kind of glossed over that, didn't they? When Morgan died, it was kind of like, okay, here's Morgan's funeral. <laughs> I was like... Really? Yeah. It was like, yeah, that was weird how they did that. And they did the weirdest collage. You know how when somebody dies, they do the little video collage? They did the weirdest video collage when he died. I don't know. Maybe it was a contract thing with him. <laughs> I don't know. Because it was weird how they handled that. Uh, uh, Les Ooks in the chat says, Lulu and Dylan should be doing a documentary in phase on something modern. True. I mean, I guess that is a, you know, something, yeah, uh, a documentary would probably would. But... That, that's wishing that you had Robert Palmer Watkins on a regular basis. Now he's just kind of reoccurring. But yeah. it would have been interesting to see like them trying to do a, a documentary. But That's cool. Are, he, but isn't Dylan dating... Um, uh, Kiki? Yeah. He can still work on a project with Lulu. Oh, child, that's not going to work. <laughs> um, no. Somebody says, uh, I think Claudette is Charlotte's biological mom. Ooh, that would be interesting. Uh, that actually would make a lot of sense. Claudette is Charlotte's... Biological mom. Hmm, maybe. Uh, maybe that's they, why he's going through so many uh, lengths to get rid of her. Give her identity. They were saying uh, that uh, the, the the actor that plays Faison is here in the states right now. But that could be one oh. reason that. So hey, hopefully he's doing some stuff on GH because I feel oh. like you can't talk about him without seeing him at some point. Yeah, I mean, eventually they're gonna bring him back. They always bring him back, just like they used to bring back Helena Cassadine. <laughs> 
But this could be a, a nice thing about uh, you could have Peter August kind of be the new new generation of Cesar Faison. Yeah. Oh, and so, so it could certainly, uh, as you say, That could work, like, too. Because uh, Morgan isn't dead. Why go all out for him? Oh, oh well, you know, that's a good <laughs> point. Because we never really saw his body. There, oh, well, you, you know Morgan's not dead. He's off But where somewhere. the hell is he? They think You think Faison got him somewhere? Well, well, we all thought, like, you know, where would you think Jason was? I mean, would you have thought that he was in a Russian uh, no, hospital? No, no. But he was somewhere. Well, I, I, I take that back. I kind of, when they had that storyline with Robin finding all these people that we, now that was funny. When Robin found all these people that we thought were dead, all of a sudden all these people that we thought were dead on GH were all of a sudden in this hospital where she was. I'm like, okay, really? We going to go there? Remember that? Yeah, I, mean, I was just like, oh, y'all. <laughs> y'all are killing me right now. That was that was a lot. I, uh, I was always a fan of Stavros. I felt like he never really got his full due. Which who? Stavros. Uh, what was it? Uh, good old, uh, the... Stavros Kassadon? Yeah. I was like, I, he, he was they, crazy as hell. He they, needed to go. Yeah. I mean, but they... I felt like they never they they never modulated him. He was always when he came on, he was just full tilt bonkers the entire time. Like, okay, but wait, what about this? What if what if this is so far fetched? It's making me laugh on the inside. What if Spinelli was actually related to some of these people? <laughs> <laughs> what if Spinelli turned out to be be the um, Sinclair person? Nah, there's no way that. There's always a way. It's a soap opera. It can go any way it wants to go. I'm just saying. There's always a way. Yeah, but... Th- I that mean, would make it really interesting because it would, it would create a lot of tension and animosity with Jason and Sonny and Carly. And it would create a lot of drama. It would be good. Yeah, but I mean, but I also feel like we can rule that out because he sends that email at the end of the, the week and then it pops up on uh, PJ Sinclair's uh, email account. Well, first of all, you can have more than one email account. And it could have been it could have been a Spinelli computer. We don't nah, know. It's not. I mean, <laughs> we don't know. I'm just saying. Come on, the jackal. The jackal can't be. Uh, <laughs> Who is it? Somebody said. I think Carly Corinthos is poor Charles's answer to Erica Kane from All My Children Gone But Never Forgotten. <laughs> yes, I loved Erica Kane, but Erica had more marriages. Yeah, Carly was was down for Sonny and that and maybe Jackson. That was about it. Uh, Miss Yaki says that uh, Ian Buchanan. Uh, uh, Good old former Duke. Yeah. Also a picture of uh, Anders who uh, plays Cesar Faison on Twitter. So Oh, so he's coming yeah. back. Yeah. But I also feel like he's maybe an actor that you always can't rely on as availability. I mean, because he's busy doing other things. He's having mm-hmm. a life over there in Europe. So mm-hmm. that's uh, and I think bring in Peter August. He can become the new generation for that. And that's somebody you can get on the canvas on a regular basis. Right, right, right. If, he, if, it, if it sticks. I don't know. It's just some about – I don't know if it's the way this actor is portraying Peter or if it's just the way they write Peter, but it, he, it's just some about him that's very smarmy to me. It's the collarless shirts. <laughs> it's always the collar. It, it's the, the no collar, or he's wearing the t-shirt under this. Uh, the sport I don't coat. know what it is, always but every is time he comes on the scene, I'm like, I just, I have an immediate eye roll every time he hits the television screen. Every time he hits the screen, I'm just like, oh. <laughs> just immediately, I don't even know why. It's like I can't even control it. Like I hear his voice and I just go. Oh. Yeah, it's uh. uh you... <laughs> oh hell no! <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Spinelli could possibly be alongside of Alexis Davis. Never happened. Oh, not Alexis. I'm not talking about Alexis. I'm oh yeah, ta- you know, you're talking about. Uh, uh, I'm talking about Faison. him being Faison, not Alexis's son. <laughs> Carla uh, reaching for that one. I know, Miss Yaki. I, I'm just spitballing, you know. So it seems like, I mean, well, we haven't had the official confirmation, but it seems like everybody seems to be leaning towards uh, Peter August being Faison's child. The, one of a other, one of two children that he has. I've said this before. We know that from what they're giving us, it's looking like it's leaning in that direction, but it sure would be nice to, to um, have something happen that we don't see coming. Would you rather have a reveal and it be some? Because I feel like the only other option is somebody that we haven't seen before. They show up like, oh, hey, guess what? I've. Uh... Uh, we don't need no new characters. It could be somebody that it could be somebody that's been mentioned on GH that we haven't seen in a while. You know what I mean? And I'm not exactly who, but I just you know I'm just thinking of interesting ways to entertain me because I'm a viewer. <laughs> But what I like about that is so uh, so Peter August being Fazar's son that works because I feel like you introduce this character you kind of have him be in the background for a little while uh, and then you eventually kind of do this reveal and it's been kind of set up from the beginning. I'm all for that. But as opposed to something that you do with uh, with Andre, where how we came on 
And then all of a sudden at the end, you reveal like, oh, guess what? He was really here this whole time because he was watching Jason, uh, Drew and Jason. What? Mind no. mapping. Like, no, that right there is like when you take a character, all of a sudden you like, we, we don't know what we're going to do with him. We're going to 180 him and make him be like in part of this big conspiracy. The chat room is not having me trying to have somebody else be Faison's son. They're like, so we all agree that Peter is Faison's son. That's where we got a lot. I have been outruled. Down. I have been outruled with my shenanigans, <laughs> and that's fine. That's fine. Let's talk about... Um, Laura and Ned running against each other for mayor. There you go. How do we feel about that? I, I mean, I guess it's good because if you're going to have, it does create at least some suspense. If it's one of, the, if it's just a, a, a known character against some kind of just random person, you always know that probably the known character is going to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like having two characters that people are really invested in. Uh, that's going to definitely make for a more intriguing storyline about who could. Who win do you the think might win? Oh, man, it's. It's tough to figure out because I feel like it's how much do they want to show the, the mayoral side of poor Charles. Mm-hmm. If it's if it's not very much, then I feel like Ned can win that because you know Wally Kurth is so it's just on reoccurring, and he's just having to split his time. That that's something you can just like explain why he's not around. Oh, he's doing stuff. He's doing mayoral stuff, so he, he's busy. And that's a great way you can solve the character. Or maybe they're gonna do that with with. Um with Jeannie Francis and take her off for a little bit. I don't know. I feel like if you're going to give it to Jeannie Francis, then we're probably going to end up seeing more of her as mayor. Mm-hmm. And that means that there's going to be more mayor storylines coming up. Hmm. I mean, the whole port, the whole this, uh, Charles Street stuff is uh, starting to bubble up. So Somebody, Terrell said, we don't need another Sonny Corinthos wannabe in Port Charles. Just stick with the original. I know. Yes. Well, true. I mean, anybody that comes in that tries to be a Sonny Corinthos wannabe, they don't last very long. They really don't, because there's no. only one Sonny Corinthos. Sorry, it's Maurice Bernard, and that is that. I feel like the closest we got was Johnny Sakara, and he's sitting there in, pen- in prison right now. Ooh, I forgot about him. I kind of liked him. I liked him when he was on there. I hate that they put him in jail. He that was, made me sad. He, w- I liked him better uh, as just kind of a, a kind of a rascal <laughs> as opposed to. When they tried to make him like a hardcore, like a mob guy, and mm-hmm. I was like, "No, then not yeah, no." He was yeah. just more, more of a guy like who just wanted to be a, like a raconteur <laughs> and get mixed up, and you know, he had a, he had a heart of gold underneath somewhere deep down. He, <laughs> now, do we know what? Do we maybe I missed this? Do we know what the relationship is between Valentine and Claudette? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, they they worked together back when uh, after he left the WSB and he was kind of doing his shady stuff mm-hmm. that they had worked on some uh, heists and stuff together. And why? Did, I'm, I think I missed this little chunk of GH. Why? Did, I remember they brought Claudette in and they let and she left just as quickly as she came. Why did she leave? I I, I we don't know. I don't know why they decided to end this because I felt like the story had some legs. They're setting up a lot of interesting ideas for it, mm-hmm. but we never really saw anything come of it. We never really got to see Valentine like be put in a compromising posi- position by Cassandra at all. I mean, that never really happened. It's always so weird for me to say Claudette because that's my mother's name. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I feel like I'm being disrespectful to my mom by saying the name Claudette all the time. Like she's my good girlfriend, yeah. <laughs> but it's a character on GH. It just feels weird to say oh, that. Oh, out I'm loud. sorry. Uh, I was talking about Cassandra and Valentine. You're no, I'm Claudette. talking about Claudette. They, I mean, I guess they have. She mentioned there. There wasn't a, a scene where, I mean, Claudette described their relationship. Whether how much of that is actually genuine or not, I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so they met, and I think she was working with Valentine, mm-hmm. and then he, she ended up uh, carrying. The I embryo. need for them to clarify that a little bit. Julian Lasting for whatever reason, <laughs> hoping Laura Weber. Oh, they got all the names. Laura Vining Weber Baldwin Spencer is gonna win. She's a legend. So is yes, Jeannie Francis is a soap opera legend. Well, and we GH also have legend. to add Collins at the end of that too. Oh, right. Now it's Collins. She's there you go. she got rid of Spencer. She That's decided right. that she was gonna kick Spencer to the curb and embrace Collins. So yes, there's that. Oh, I mean, the Charles Street stuff seems to be bubbling up. Where we get, I feel like the person that threw the brick there is probably Greg Evigan's character, or at least somebody working for. Greg. Greg Evigans, I feel like he's going to be a little shady. He does stop by and he does talk to, uh, he tries to talk to uh, Franco. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, they used to date your mom. You know, you used to throw paint around. Oh, Bobby Frank. And, and Franco, I'm so tired of that storyline. I'm so tired of Franco looking like a punk every time the camera's on his face. What would you would you rather be Franco, like more like the James Franco version? I'd love for his character to be somewhere middle, middle ground between the two. Because for him, for, especially for the actor that's playing him, it's either got to be, they've, been, they've had it where it's been one version or the other. I would love if they could find some kind of middle ground with that character. 
You know what I mean? Where it's not the crazy James Franco character, but it's not this wimpy version that they have him playing. I just, I, I don't know. I don't know. How y'all feel about that in the chat room? Because I'm just like, him and Elizabeth, they are boring me to tears. I can't take it. What are the odds of them actually getting married? Or will something come up and stop them just before they say I do? Oh, that's going to happen. We know that. Maybe his crazy mama will come out <laughs> with some crazy, more crazy news other than the twins not being twins and all that crazy. Oh, just, just craziness. I'm still trying to figure out like why Greg Evigan wanted to go there and say hey to them. Because I was hoping it was going to be like he was going to offer some kind of insight to when Drew was pushed down the stairs. Because he's being shady. But he's being like- shady, and he's trying to be—he's trying to make it seem like he's not being shady. But that energy, whenever he's—it's like it's shade. Well, I mean, he's got—he's he's got some drama with him. He got some kind of little, some kind of little secret lurking with him that he's not trying to let somebody know right away, and it, it walks in the room with him every time. Um, who would you rather see win the mayoral competition, uh, Laura or Ned? I think it would be more interesting if it was Ned. Just because there's the whole ELQ thing attached to to Ned if he wins. Um, With Laura, I'm not sure that it would, you know, I'm not sure what the storyline would be if it would be Laura. I mean, Laura would make a good mayor for poor Charles, I think. But I think it would be more interesting storyline-wise if it was Ned. I personally, I'd rather see Ned only because I'd like to see him doing something here. Because I also feel like he's getting the short end of the stick by Michael constantly for ELQ. Like, oh, we're going to make you our executive in charge of uh, South American <laughs> operations. Like, what? Yes, somebody said Frizz, Snooze Fest. Yes, honey. Yeah. It is all day long. I feel sorry for Franco. I believe the writing has gone in a different direction. Yeah, Roger Howarth is... Roger Howarth is a beast of an actor. Like, he can do anything that you put in front of him, and I feel like his talent is being squandered as Franco on General Hospital. I feel like whoever's writing for him right now, they don't know what to do with him because he's really good, and he can do anything. He really, really can. I'm like, did we see him play Todd on One Life to Live for years? Yes, we did. (laughs) That boy can do anything. So I, I need for them to step it up for him. Yeah, it's. I feel like Franco's like a uh, challenging character because, I mean, you could go full tilt and have him be like he was, you know, with the brain tumor days, where he's just the bonkers dude. But I feel like that's there. Uh, you can't go. That has a shorter shelf life. Than- yeah, I think they need to find a middle ground. Like there, there are some characters that they like when they had Heather Weber on there. She lasted forever and came back. She's like Helena Cassadine. She never goes away. They have her coming back and leaving and coming back and leaving all the time because they found a middle ground for her. She's crazy as hell, but they found a middle ground for her where every once in a while you see these really lucid moments for her where she's not crazy and she really makes a lot of sense, like when Franco goes to visit her in jail. Some of those scenes that they have together, you hear her actually sound lucid and make sense, and then she goes back to being cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs again. A little Heather Weber goes along. Long way with me. <laughs> Holy cow. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't understand why Franco is so obsessed as we got Rock Music Love 25 says Franco just needs to tell Elizabeth already about his past. Yeah. It's going to blow up if he doesn't. It's going to be ugly. And I think that's probably going to make him snap. And then he'll be crazy Franco again. But I feel like the only thing, because it's like, oh, well, a Drew fell down the stairs. One, you have no proof that it was you. You may, everybody may suspect it's you, but nobody knows for certain. And if you did, it, why are you assuming that it's malicious? Why isn't it just like two kids are playing and one had an accident and fell down the stairs? Because it's Franco. Oh, but the fact that he's that assuming, wasn't an accident. How do you know? You don't know that. Based on what? Based on the information that they have given us as viewers, that's how I know. Based yeah. on the information that we've been given. Now, all the other stuff that fill in the line stuff, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know about that. But the information that we've been given thus far would lead me to believe that he's crazy and that he probably did do it. See, but but Franco's mom is unreliable at best. And so she's the one that told him that. And given the way that she's been so elusive about this whole story, I would not buy anything that comes out of her mouth. <laughs> like, that felt like that, that's like, she tells Franco that because that's like the worst thing that he could hear in that moment. And that's going to stop him from pursuing, trying to figure out what the deal is between Jason and Drew. Oh, no. Oh, fun fact. Liz Weber's dad, Jeff, used to be married to Franco's mom, Heather, back in the day. Oof, Yeah. I remember that. That was ugly, too. <laughs> and uh, let's ask, uh, I guess feel like probably is a good wrap-up for us. They need to unfranco Franco, which I guess means, uh, I don't know, does that mean un- unfranco, like make him 
Yeah, Crazy let's make again? him. Well, let's make him some. Let's find out that he's somebody else. <laughs> yeah, we found out that Drew and Jason were other people. Let's find out that he's somebody else to make it a little interesting. Because right now, it's like the the one viewer said, it is snooze fest. Uh, Are y'all ready for the Ava episode Wednesday? We gonna be we gonna be ready. Yeah, we're gonna. Be, I don't think we have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming our way whether we like it or not. Yes, Miss Kelly. <laughs> yes, we'll take it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're coming close to another end of the GH report. Look at this, Carla. No, time flies when we're chatting. We about found a Charles. way to make this um, discussion interesting, even though the episode was like paint drying. <laughs> I'm just saying, the whole week of episodes was paint drying for me. Uh, but let's uh, hashtag uh, kill Sam and Jason's theme song. <laughs> let's get that hashtag going. That is not funny. No, we don't do it. Don't do it. Oh. Man, I, I again. I'm gonna. Why? Just, why you got to end the episode <laughs> with trashing Jason and Sam? Bum, why are you stabbing bum, me in the bum. heart in the stake? Why are you putting a stake in my heart like a vampire? That's just cold blooded. All right, ladies and gentlemen. I gotta, that song bugs me so much. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us for the GH Report. As always, you can like us on Facebook, give us those five stars on iTunes, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and feel free to get a thumbs up while you're there. And everybody, thanks for hopping in the chat and sharing your thoughts. Yes, thank you. Uh, yeah, I thank goodness. Thanks for reminding us about uh, Wednesday's Ava episode, Kelly, because now we can, we, it's pre gaming right now. From here until then, it's <laughs> pre planning. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to make sure I get everything ready, set, proper, all ready to go for that Ava episode. Uh, but if you want to continue the conversation with either of us after the show's over, Carla. Where can they find you? You can find me across all social media platforms at The Curvy Critic. That's it. That's right. And you can follow me and all uh, my musings about how terrible that Sam and Jason song is <laughs> on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Jackie. Do you want to sing us out with the Jason and no, Sam No, I do not. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, what, Hater. Do you, ever, do you ever listen to that just on your own? Yes. No. I love that song. No. Oh, no. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this week. <laughs> Uh, the GH report. We'll see you back here next Sunday. Watch some GH, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 